Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Edward Buckles Jr. was 12 years old when Hurricane Katrina changed everything over the course of making Katrina Babies. He found common cause and shared trauma with young people whose lives were similarly shaped by the devastating storm. The film's interview subjects were between three and 19 when the storm hit. Some stayed in New Orleans, others fled the city and communities that held so much history for them. Buckles' award-winning film captures both the unique and joyful flavor of black culture in the Crescent City, as well as the nightmarish conditions that swallowed up so many in the aftermath of Katrina. We're joined today by the director of, as I said, award-winning film that will be premiering on HBO and HBO Max coming up on August 24th, so this coming Thursday. Edward Buckles Jr., welcome to Film School Radio. Oh my God, what an intro. Thank you for having me. I'm fueled up. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a heartfelt film. There's so much in the film to pull you in I'm curious when you made the decision to move forward with making this film, because was it when you were doing the media position at the high school? Were you thinking about this? When when did this all sort of boil up into what we see? It was it was when I took my first documentary class my junior year of college at Dillard University. That was when uh, I first began to realize the power of documentary and I began you know, to realize that that a documentary can bring change to certain issues that, you know, individuals cared about. And if you pair that with, you know, my cousin Tina calling me and telling me the story of what she and my cousins had experienced, and and then also me being 13 years old during the storm and growing up in the post-Katrina New Orleans, it was just one of those stories that clicked when I was taking my documentary class. And I I was like, you know what, Katrina babies, like I want to do a story about growing up in the post-Katrina New Orleans and what we are experiencing today. I'm glad you mentioned your cousins, your family, so much a a part of this film, and just their openness, their willingness to talk to you about it, and all of the things that came along with Katrina. How old were you when Katrina hit? I was 13 years old during the storm. And what was your sense of it? It's in the film, a bit of this is in the film, but what was your sense of the, the day or the day before, or the sort of the looming sense that this was coming? What was it? Well, well, it's it's important to understand that, you know, hurricane season in New Orleans is, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we deal with every year and it's something that we don't take seriously. The children of my generation had never experienced a very large st- storm. The uh, last huge storm that hit was Hurricane Betsy. And that was way before <laughs> that was during our parents time and like our grandparents time. So we had never really experienced a storm and like every year the news would warn us, oh, a big storm is coming and, you know, and, and like, it's going to blow y'all away and like, it's going to, you know, flood New Orleans. And we're like, yeah, yeah, right. Y'all been saying that every year, right? In the third grade, I remember learning that New Orleans was shaped like a bowl and that if levees ever broke, that bowl would fill up. And like, I always thought about that, but like, like I didn't think about that every year, you know, because again, I have become, you know, immune to it. So, so in 2005, when we hear that the storm Katrina is coming, we're like, yeah, okay. Like, just like last year, you know, the storm came. So we didn't take it serious, but something interesting happened where like my mom that year, for some reason, 
she was adamant about leaving. Like she wanted to leave. And I think that it was because of Bob Breck and like our mayor, Ray Nagin, because they, they just seemed different on the news this year. Like it was more fear in their voices and like more fear in like their, um, in like how they gave us the information. So my mom was like, you know, we got to go. But a lot of other people, including my family, they just did what we normally do, which is ride out the storm. And still as a kid, I still didn't think anything was going to happen. It wasn't until I saw New Orleans Underwater when I was staying in, in, the, in the shelter, you know, on the news. And, you know, that that was when it became real for me. And, and then when I heard my mama talking about registering us to, to a new school in this new home, I was like, wait, I got to go to school here. You know, I'm not going back home. That was when it became real. As I mentioned earlier, there's so much about uh, the reflections about the time you spent with your cousins, the times you spent with your family, generally just sort of, that's what you remember most fondly about your childhood, it seems. Talk, let's talk about your cousins and what they meant to you, and mean to you, I should say. In New Orleans, like our community is everything to us, specifically before Hurricane Katrina, our neighborhoods are everything to us. And family has a lot to do with that. One of the first questions that people ask you, you know, upon greeting you in New Orleans is, you know, like who your people is, like, you know, which which means like, who is your family? Like what last name do you come from? What family tree do you come from? It means a lot. Family means everything to our identity, to our culture, to our tradition, to, you know, who we are and to who we become, right? When you take that away, what does that do to an individual? When you take that away, what does that do to a group of people? When you take away their family dynamics. So my family was everything to me, just like family was everything to most people, most natives in um in New Orleans. Um, you know, so everything that I did before Hurricane Katrina, it was never alone. It was always with family. Like I saw my family every single day. Like I saw my cousins almost every day, right? So after Katrina, you know, obviously Tina and my cousins who were my best friends, they got displaced. And to this day, they're still, not not displaced, but to this day, they're living in Shreveport. But honestly, Tina still describes herself as being displaced. Yeah, family was everything. Well, and to that point you're making about the sense of place. I've never heard it described this way, but in the film, it was New Orleans is described as an African city. Mm-hmm. And that the oral traditions that come along with African culture are so much a part. And that's what strikes me so much about the film is the sense of storytelling, the sense of connectivity between generations and how important it is and how displacement and, and sort of dispersing of, of your family is so traumatizing. First, let me say this, you know, I was very intimidated to make a talking head doc. And I was very intimidated to, you know, to make a, you know, talking head doc just because like how people were speaking about it when it came to making one, you know, like nowadays everybody wants verite, everybody wants B-roll and like, and like, and like sometimes I feel like it can be distracting. And like, you know, I'm a fan of the uh, traditional, but, but I also understand the uh, new. And I think that, there was no other way, you know, to tell this story other than talking head. You know, I wanted, I wanted people to see, like, you know, how we tell our stories. You know, that's the, that's the power. If you're going to tell a story about New Orleans, like talking head is the way to go, right? We are so great at telling stories, like, because of like what you just said, our oral history, you know, enslaved Africans, when they were in New Orleans, every Sunday, they would get off and like, they would go to this place called Congo Square and fellowship and sing and tell stories. And I think that that has been passed down to our generation. And 
AB says something like in the film, like, you know, Katrina is becoming a folktale and we are the storytellers. And there's power in that. You know, so many people have told our stories for so long. So many people have told stories of our history, our culture, our trauma. And like, I think that, you know, I just want to make a statement that this is us telling our stories. And like, I wanted, you know, that to be shown visually as well, you know, not just through hearing it, but I want you to see us telling our stories. Your family and, and all the other people who are presented in the film, that technique, that way of presenting them is so powerful. It's so, it, it connects you so much with them and with their story. Before we go any further, I want to remind our listeners and we're speaking with Edward Buggles Jr. He is the director of a wonderful documentary film called Katrina Babies, and it will be premiering on HBO and HBO Max on August 24th. Check your local listings. And I want to get into the trauma. It's in the film. There's so much about the impact that Katrina had, but in general, the impact it has on people's lives. But I also in the great tradition that's really evolved out of Katrina in documentary filmmaking, Trouble the Water was one that was a very good documentary when the levee breaks Spike Lee's film and others have told this story, but there was, there's some other recent documentary films. I just want to point out to you and maybe you've seen them, maybe you haven't. Uh, John Cesare Goff's uh, film After Sherman is very similar. Yeah. After is very similar in the, in the way the story is told of the, of the family through the family, it illuminates this much larger picture of life. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that, that part of it, but it, along with that, in that film, as well as in yours, the, the idea of trauma is, is confronted fully in this film and the impact it's had. So let's talk about how that was introduced into the film in terms of the people that you spoke with and the impact that it continues to have. A very underdeveloped idea and understanding of trauma is what led me to telling the story. I couldn't put names to trauma, right? You know, I couldn't, I didn't know terminology. You know, I didn't know what I was searching for when it came to trauma. But again, after that first conversation with Tina, it was the first time like that it clicked on like a very natural level, like without understanding much about trauma, where, you know, if a child experiences something traumatic like Hurricane Katrina, like being locked in the attic, uh, like, you know, are there parallels to how that kid is behaving years later, yeah. right? You know, are there parallels, like, for example, when Quentin, my cousin, says, I would never fight for this country, right? And he says it right after he says, I was locked in my attic for three days, right? That's a direct parallel. The a beautiful thing about making this film was, you know, I was able to put a name to this trauma and like I was able to and like once you can put a name name to it you can fight for yourself because you know what it's called right so that was one of the greatest and like you know strongest things about working on this film was that I was able to start putting names to things like complex trauma and inter, you know intergenerational trauma secondary trauma you know things like PTSD and fight and flight so trauma like like I didn't just want to mention trauma for trauma's sake. I didn't just want to tell the story of people's trauma, but I also wanted to make sure that we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that it's being addressed and like it's being healed and that we know how to deal with it earlier next time. And for people watching the film, you have the, an under, greater understanding on it. You mentioned that Carolyn Waiters Carter is the woman who essentially puts the physical manifestation of trauma in its context and how that creates the psychological and chemical 
reaction to trauma, which I think is so understated. If there's one thing about getting older that I've realized is that how much trauma has impacted my life. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 scary. It's one of the scariest moments in the film to me um, when she breaks it down that way. You yeah. know, um, and you said yeah. at the time it makes sense, right? It all made sense when you heard her talking about it. It all made sense because people assume that trauma is just mental and that you know you just like it's 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 like this invisible thing. But trauma is physical. You store trauma in the physical. You store trauma in different areas of your body, and like that's what I learned. The perfect example is that while making this film, you know, during year six, I started having chest pains, right? You know, I, I started not sleeping well. During that time of making the film, I was stuttering more than I ever stuttered in my life. I was quick to anger. You know, I was quick to agitation. And I think that the trauma of Katrina and just like the complex trauma that I've experienced in life all played a role in that. So I think that it's important that we understand that trauma is here with us and it will surface at the most bizarre and craziest times where you least expect it. It may not happen when you're young, but maybe it all happens like, you know, like once you're older, it may not happen, you know, when you're with somebody, maybe it all happens while you're alone. But what's most important is that you understand that your trauma needs to be addressed and you understand how to get resources and tools to, you know, to address it. Well, there's so much to recommend about Katrina Babies and my congratulations to you for your Thank award you at Tribeca, best documentary, uh, new documentary filmmaker. And the Human Nature Award. And, and there you go. And my congratulations for the premiere. You're going uh, on HBO coming up, as I said, on August 24th. Uh, I look forward to more work. I hope you come back. Thank you so much. I would love to come back for sure. Thank you. Again, we've been speaking with Edward Buckles Jr. The film again is called Her Katrina Babies. Be looking for it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.